Welcome back to American Billiard Radio. This is Mark Cantrell with the Legends and Champions Report. And it seems like for the past week or so, the hot topic has been the Moscone Cup again. And we've talked about maximum sports and we've talked about the Moscone Cup enough over the past few weeks that uh, it's an honor and a privilege we've got as a guest this week, Mr. Luke Richards, who is uh, media director for maximum sports and one of the people who are responsible for the Moscone Cup and probably has a lot more answers to some of the questions that you guys have been asking. So how are you doing, Luke? Thanks for I'm, coming out here. I'm very good, thank you, Mark. Yes. Um, did I get your title right? Is there anything else that you do for matchroom sports? Uh, that's my title. It, I, mean, I mean, we do lots of things here, so it, it covers a, a part of what I do, but we do many different things on on different events, it's a, it's a fairly small company, so you, you sometimes all tend to muck in and and do what comes your way, yeah. Um, well, I'll tell you, the, the obvious thing to, to start with, I think, is Mark Wilson. And yeah. uh, being announced as the captain for the Team USA. And how was how that selection made? How did that come about that Mark Wilson's name came to matching sports? Um, well, I think what happened was after, after the events of uh, December at the Mirage, we, we just felt it kind of reached a point where it needed a completely different approach. Um, I mean, on the on, on the face of it, the American players, I don't believe they're particularly inferior to, to the European team, but the European team do that very thing, team, much better. You know, they prepare, they, they, they cover kind of every aspect of it, and, and that was something, or is something, that's missing, Um it didn't used to be in the old days when the Americans used to come over to London. They were they were very much a team. They had a bit of a siege mentality and, and tended to win every year. But so we felt we needed a new approach, and and um, I think Mark kind of presented himself really. I mean, there, there weren't dozens of candidates. It was it kind of. I mean, I know Mark. He's he's done some commentary work for Matchroom Sport in the past, and obviously played in the, the Moscone Cup back in the day. So. Um, spoke to him a few times and got his ideas and and, and, and thought we'd go with him and he, he seemed you know the sort of person who asked all the right questions and and, and talked about what he wanted to do and, and how it, the current pool scene in America would would fit in with it. But so he's been at Derby City for the last uh, well I guess the last week or so working there, talking to players and and I guess he's got, at some point he's going to come back with with some suggestions of the sort of people he's looking to include in the. Well, it's going to be ten months of it, I guess, because um, I don't think Mark's going to turn up on the venue on the day with five guys and say, "This is we're here." I think there's going to be a lot of work done um, in that interim period, and I think he, he knows that has to happen in order to, to give them some sort of chance uh, in December. Right, that's uh, it's been the popular consensus, uh, especially you know I've, I've mentioned it myself a couple of times. Uh, on, on this show that you know the, the Europeans seem to get together whether they're on the team or not at every tournament wherever they are around the world and support each other and go out for dinner and that kind of thing and so they've got kind of a bonding thing going on yeah, I think before the Moscone Cup it seems like TV USA go two days before and try and make up by playing tennis and having breakfast uh, and make up for that years worth of bonding that's already gone on um yeah, I mean, it, it, there there is a lot. I mean, somebody like Johan is kind of um, he kind of salvaged the European side. I mean, they were losing 
fairly relentlessly in the event, and um, he got hold of the team and and turned it around and, and has taken it on to the point where they're they're the dominant force in the event. And and a guy like that is you know he's just highly professional in every aspect. I mean he's he's a guy that you know he knows it, it, it's only the event only lasts for four days. He's not trying to change your life. He just you know you, you just need to give it that attention in the run up to it and during the four days and. And, and do the best you can, but I think you know they tend. The Europeans tend to play for the team and, and for the captain, and, and you know they're all competitive guys who, who want to you know beat beat each other generally during the year. But they put that aside for the duration of the event, and um, obviously that's reaped dividends in the last sort of seven or eight years, really. But I don't I don't think that's beyond the reach of of, of America and, and their players. They just need somebody to kind of galvanise it and. Uh, and take it forward a little bit, and I think, you know, hopefully Mark's the guy who's going to do that. Well, you mentioned Johan. Is Johan coming back? Um, well, we've kind of, you know, he, nothing's been signed with him yet, but, I mean, we, we talked to him about it. I mean, he said he was going to... The one uh, last year was his last one, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'd suggest that he, he most likely will be coming back, but it's just a case of... Uh, a, sort of signing and signing it all up with him really I believe yeah, yeah Darren Appleton had said uh, made a couple of things I don't know if it was on Facebook or uh, actually it might have been on uh, uh, he did an interview with Mike Houghton right and I think he alluded to the fact that the track to, to talk to him in a you know doing one more year uh, so we'll uh, I guess we'll have to wait and see on that yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, it's no, it's no great mystery. I, I, I suspect that he, he most likely will be back. Johan, yeah, I mean, he's, uh, you know, he wants to. Uh, he, I think he wants to, to end on home soil. If, if, if Blackpool is in fact home soil for a Dutchman, but um, he wants, to, yeah, he wants to, to to end with a bang. Although you have to argue that last last month in Sligo uh, was probably the biggest bang he could have achieved in the Moscone Cup. So when when do you expect that, that? Do you have an expectation of when um, Mark Wilson is going to come back to you with a, a, a team or potential team? And um, does he have free reign uh, this year? Can he pick whichever team he feels like? Um, yeah, I mean we, we we do discuss it with him, and I mean he does run things by us. But I mean realistically, under the sort of remit that he's been given, it wouldn't really work if. If we said, you know, you're going to do this throughout the year, you're going to get players together, you're going to do this, but, but these are the guys you've got to have. Because if they're guys that he feels he can't work with or whatever, for whatever reason, then it doesn't work. So he does, but I mean, I don't think he's, you know, he's, he's looking at certain players that are, you know, are pretty much obvious, could be obvious choices for the side. But I guess he will come back with some, some people who've not played in the event before. But I think, he's, I think the idea is to assemble a squad of players, which is obviously beyond five and maybe eight or something. You know, take them through the year to gather them together at periods, um, if it's where it's practical and possible. And then when you get near, when he gets nearer to the event, um, then to select his five guys that he's going to bring across. But um, you know, he seems quite confident in what he's going to do, and you know, I'm, I'm quite happy with what he's doing and his approach. And and I think you know, we'll see what we'll see what he comes up with. But I would imagine he's going to he's going to name some players in, in the not too distant future. Well, do you, what do you think happened to Team USA last year? You kind of touched on it a little bit, um, but you know there was it was just such a drawdown that the, the Team USA got. Do, do you think they were just unprepared? We think that's I think, just I, the I, end think of it? 
I think they were really unprepared as a team. They they had no plan B. I mean, generally in an event like that, you've always got a plan have a plan B or a plan C for when things don't go the way you want it to. And I don't think you know once they once they went a few behind, you just thought you couldn't see any way for them. And I mean, there was there was one sort of critical there was one critical match when I think they were I think they were two Europe were two nil up, and I think Shane was playing Meek and was in a very strong winning position and. It conspired to run away from him, and Mika stole the match, and it went from two what had been two one to three nil, and I think that was a bit of a blow. But yeah, it just as it got away, you couldn't see them. But you know, a few years ago, I think it was in 2005, the Europeans you know had a really good league. I think they won every match on the uh, on the Saturday to give themselves a really put themselves a really strong position, and the Americans came back and won a load of matches to, to steal it on the Sunday. So that was something you really couldn't see going happening this year but you know we shall see for next year or this year oh, I've got, you know I've been given a, a few different questions to uh, uh, to ask you um, well, what, one of them was um, to ask you about Forst and Holman yeah. and how did the team selection go we made it kind of crystal clear at the beginning of the year that the, the, the 20th anniversary Moscone Cup was going to be about I guess the legends who have made the tournament what it is, as, as much as we could. Which is why, you know, the guys that played in, you know, the, the aggregate number of Moscone Cup appearances between the two teams was was about ninety something. So there was a lot. Now, now Torsten, obviously, you know, no one would ever dis- dispute his abilities as a player and, and what a great year he had. But, but I think at the outset we did kind of state that the performances this year wouldn't necessarily have any impact on it. And so, right. so when we came to name the team and he just won the world number one in Qatar and was world number one, you know, he, he, I don't think he really was ever going to be in the side. He played in the, in the Moscone Cup three times and had a losing record in the event and wasn't really a, a, a rich part of its history. I mean, you could argue that Carl Boys wasn't, but um, um, well, that was our decision and we, and we, and we didn't, didn't pick him. I mean, you know, that's, that's tough on Torsten. Obviously, he's going to be a strong contender this year, but I mean, obviously, in the end, I'm not sure his addition to the side would have made a whole lot of difference to what happened. Right. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and having said, I mean, I like Torsten. I think he's a great guy and everything. Um, uh, alongside Torsten, look, like, I know the, the World Championships and no one in the world that does that. It does mean something, you know, but I'm sure there's a lot of players yeah, out there who thought they deserve to be on the team as well. Any, I mean, any other year he would have been a lock for the team, but it just so happened that we, you know, we laid out well in advance of at the beginning of the year what we were going to be doing in 2013, which kind of was right. there to there to be seen. But and uh, yeah, so he didn't, he wasn't included. But you know, as I say, you know, he's not, he's, he's obviously got every chance this year. Right. Um, you know, a couple of these questions from uh, Easy Billiards. Yeah. This is from uh, Bella Don't Cry. Are there any plans to air the 2014 Moscone Cup live in the USA? No. And is there anything that American Pool, it, it is an industry or the community can do to help make it happen? Well, I mean, we we were going. The event was going to be live on Fox in 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 uh, the US. That's just passed. I mean, it was all set to go. It all been agreed. Everything they were going to take the feed of the, but the technical. The technical complications was was so vast that that it couldn't be they couldn't be we couldn't get around them. 
so the event couldn't be live. Basically, it's an issue of music rights. A company like Sky Sports will pay a blanket licence fee across all their channels once a year. It's a vast sum. But they pay that to use whatever music they want to, and which, you know, any commercial music they like, they can use, which they do. Whereas in the States, it's a completely different situation. So they can only, every single track that's used has to be cleared, and sometimes it can be for vast sums of money. So what that means is, in the end, if you're trying to show a live show, all the walking music, all the bits of music that are played when you show, you know, the, the, the shots from last night and what happened, everything like that on a live show couldn't be couldn't be played on Fox, which meant it was obviously impossible to show it as a live event. And that would be a situation with any channel in the States. The only way it would work is if they put their own production in or they put their own studio, which is the way, where the event is, is, is unlikely to happen. So that was that's what happened there, and in, in the end, Fox did show it on a delayed basis and were able to to, to remove music from the from the show. But I mean, it's, it, it's quite boring, really. And some people may think find that a, a really piffling reason for it not to be shown. But you know, it's if they played a if they played a track by accident by you know, for example, Sky would use a Rolling Stones song as a walking tune. Now, if you played that by accident on Fox, they they'd be in for a vast sum of money for using that music unauthorised and or even they tried to clear it it'll cost a fortune and the budget obviously wasn't there for that but so that's where we are with that I mean last year the year before it was shown on ESPN4 which is a, obviously a, a, an internet channel which obviously is available on a smart TV but I mean we're, you know we're always trying but it's 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 it's, ne- it's not, not as easy you know obviously the, the pool isn't in hot demand in the States you know TV companies aren't tripping over themselves to show live pool and uh, so we obviously we do our best, um, but you know we, we you know we keep trying. And I, I guess next year there might be, something may happen, but we will have to wait and see on that one. Well, the thing is, I think that's actually part of that is great news. It's great news that you guys had an agreement with Fox Sports to be able to to, to do a live feed, uh, so it shows that it, it can be done. The only the, the problem is, which you know, like you said, it sounds it sounds boring or silly, but it is a, a big part. And I I didn't know it was a case of the walk-on music or uh, you know the clips from the day before music that goes on in the background there that was the thing that actually stopped it. So that's uh, uh, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm really happy you told us that. That's yeah. the, the, and you use a lot of commercial music in in their program, and you know that's. And the problem then is it's very difficult to, to remove that as it's, as it's live. But anyway, who knows what will happen in the future, Mark? Hopefully something positive in that direction. Right. Um, let me see. No Stroke. No Stroke. No Stroke asks, uh, when can we expect Matchroom to take the World Nine Ball Championship and once again, get, once again give it the respect and showcase that it deserves and needs? Please hurry. Time and rule. No, I think that's not going to happen. As much as I'd like it to happen, it was, it was such a great event that we did for nine years. I think we did five years in Cardiff, then two in Taiwan, and then two in the Philippines. But it it was kind of a victim of how Paul is unregulated, really. It's it's it, it, you, you can build an event up, build the value up, and you know I think we got to four hundred thousand dollar prize funds, and we're going in an upward direction. But then you know somebody comes along and puts a cheap event on and and, and takes your TV. I mean, in, in a sport like snooker, for example, that's not possible because all, all the players are centrally contracted to the governing body, so they can only ever be in television programming that world snooker either produce themselves or 
or sanction. So players can't then go to another... Somebody, a promoter can't then do a snooker event and sell it cheap to the TV and you then won't want to buy your one because yours is more expensive. So that's, I mean, that's how you build up media rights in the, in the sports business. But that event was a victim of that and it was such a great event and we all did enjoy it so much. And, you know, if you look at the guys who won it over the years, it was like, you know, some fantastic players won that event. And it is still going right. to start, but I'm not sure how there's any way we could ever get involved with that one again. Although, obviously... You can never say never on these things. Right. Well, uh, you know, I, I guess if anybody can make it happen uh, in the future, it's you guys. Uh, here's here's uh, maybe a little white-hearted from uh, Jenny, a uh, jam. Right. Uh, you know, do you know who Jenny is? Do you know who Jam is? Yes, yes, I do. Um, question number one. Are you married in a relationship or single? I'm sure that the single ladies will know the answer to that question. No, I, I can't be asking questions like that. I think she's a friend of mine on Facebook, so I'm sure she can have a look, have a route on there if she's that keen to know. Does Barry Hearn really enjoy listening to American country music while he's fishing in his backyard? I, 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 I've never obviously witnessed it, but yeah, he, do, he does like American country music and he does like fishing, so I guess there's a, a strong possibility that sometimes he combines the two. <laughs> and, hold on, you get to a... What's going on with Luke Richards? What's uh, well, I'll tell you what's what, happened at the moment. We, Mark, listen, this is very good. We put the um, we put the tickets for the Moscone Cup on sale on Friday um, because there was an event called the Snooker Shootout, which was in the same venue, the Tower Circus in Blackpool, where the Moscone Cup's taken place. So we put the tickets on sale, and we put initially four hundred. Um, 400 per session, so we put 200 season tickets and 200 individual si tickets for each of the four sessions, which was 1,600 tickets in total, and they sold out in an hour, which was cool. fantastic. Yeah, we couldn't believe it ourselves. So, and we put we put in a rest on sale tomorrow at 12 o'clock UK time, and I mean, it's a thousand it's a thousand capacity venue, and I think we will probably sell that out for the for the Moscone Cup this year. So it is going to be a thousand seater venue. Yeah, a thousand, it's a, there's a thousand seats in there. You can get a thousand people in there. And the way it's going, we've sold 40% we sold of them already in one day. So I think it's, it's, it's going to head for a sellout. So anyone who wants to come should uh, get, go to ctickets.com tomorrow, midday UK time, and uh, see if they can get their tickets. Although That's amazing. We've sold so many. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's, it just shows you that I mean, there's no players announced. It's just just the strength of the event, the power of the name of the Moscone Cup. You know, exactly. Important. I was talking to somebody just the other day about this, and, I, and they were asking the, the same question: How many um, you know seats are going to be available? I said, I'm going to guess that uh, Blackpool Tower, the, the Blackpool Tower Circus, is probably going to be about a thousand. And uh, I, I also said. Depending on who the players are, I mean, if, for example, uh, Daryl Peach gets picked for the European team, well, he's from Blackpool. So now all his friends and family that haven't been able to make it to London in the past or made it to, uh, to Vegas, they might, in his local snooker club or pool room, 
he might be able to bring 150 on his own. Well, I mean, by the time that we announce the teams in in September, it's quite possible there won't be any tickets left. So I don't know what we're going to do about that, but we'll worry about that one when it happens, I think. That's a problem I have, though, isn't it? It is exactly that, yeah. Same all calls, not like that, Mark, because it would be a great sport if it was. Yeah, so... You know, the, you kind of touched on it before that the American pool has its problems, and I've spoke about it on a regular basis uh, to whoever will listen, and it's down to organization. And I've also said, you know, man, if Metrum could uh, step in and take over, is there any possibility of Metrum wanting to take over American pool? Because I think they could do it. Um. I mean, it's like there's some people here that would, would like to see that, um, but you know, financially as a business, it's 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 a tough one. You know, it's a tough proposition pool at the moment where it is. And, but you know, as we always say about all these things, it does have potential. But whether I'm not sure Max could take over, but I mean, then you could also argue that there's not actually much to take over at the moment. But um, we shall see. Again, like a lot of these things, you, you know, things change and uh, you know, situations change. And uh, but at the moment, we, you know, we do we do three events. Um, you know, ideally we'd like to do some more, but you know, it's what the market stands from our point of view at the moment. The three events, and uh, but you never know what's going to happen in the future. Well, you guys built up. Uh, well, Duke has always been popular, but you did it with uh, darts as well, and you know kind of took over everything and organized it and made the players accountable and gave them events to play in. So it's not like, well, I guess that's in England, though, and Europe. Uh, darts has always been popular and snook has always been popular. It's probably not as uh, difficult to to do as, as maybe cool would be over here. Well, I guess, but I mean, in the end, it's although sports are popular, it's, it's, it's having the ability to monetize them and, and turn them into, you know, build up their media values so that they actually become worth something. Plenty of popular sports out there that that don't have any presence in, as a, you know, in the media on television and stuff like that. But you know, it, it, like with darts and uh, and snook, I mean, darts is was organic to a degree but it's you know it's saturated in the UK and in, in not, what they do now is they're trying to they're building it up in, in other countries you know taking it to to the Far East and Australia and they've done some stuff in the States and you know and, and that's, that's just the job in hand on a daily basis just trying to keep working at it and keep getting a wider spread and uh, and building it up and you know with our pool events it's it's uh, I mean with the World Championship we kind of did that and the Moscone Cup is slightly limited in the respect that it's not limited, but it is Europe versus America and has no other countries or, or areas involved, um, which I think somebody might mention that, actually, but I don't think there's any, any plans whatsoever to change it to uh, to involve any other territories in the Moscone Cup. Right, yes. There's always the question of uh, adding, making it North America. So, you know, and really, you'd be changing the Moscone Cup for the re- for two, one or two players, really. Yeah, all yeah, that people are trying to do is involve Canada. And so you'd be changing the, the thing for Alex Pagelein and maybe John Mora. Yeah, but I don't, you know, it, it, I don't think that really makes any sense at all to change, you know, 20 years of history of an event that's, that could, you know, could go to be even bigger and better than it is 
just to accommodate one or possibly two players for no guarantee of anything anyway. So that doesn't really make any sense on any level, that I don't think. Right, I, I would, I would agree. Um, what kind of viewership does does the live, uh, you know, the, when you produce the Moscone Cup live in Europe and Asia? Do you know what the numbers are like? How many viewers do you guys get for that? Um, not a lot of stations. You don't, you can't get that statistical information. I mean, obviously, the the, the places where it's live, we try and get it because they're the ones more likely to be. I mean, Sky does it does good on Sky. I mean, what happened with Sky is that we. Up until um, 2012, the event was always um, over a weekend. It was Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, which was great in some respects. But in the TV market, in the sports TV area in the UK, on a, on a weekend, especially that one in December, you know, there's so much stuff on. You know, there's like there was live UK Championship snooker, there's live PDC darts, there's Premier League football. There's so many things on, and obviously. A, a, a pool event, as good as it is, is competing against those, and it's obviously going to have a negative impact on your ratings. So what we did was we, um, in 2012, we we, we put it from uh, Monday through to Thursday, um, and it had, you know, a, a very beneficial effect on the ratings because, you know, not less stuff on, more people to watch the pool, which is exactly how it works out. Right. Um, I think my last question is uh, going to the European team, um, do, do you think, uh, well, obviously, if your hand, let's just say your hand's back in, is he going to have the ability to select his own team the same way as uh, the Americans? Uh, no, no, we, we're going to, we're going to, actually we're going to announce it probably in the next couple of days, but I think with, with Europe, we're going to revert to back to how we were before Australia Cup 20, which would be um, players selected via rankings and a couple of wild cards. Okay. And how how do you think that team's gonna gonna look? Is he well? It's probably gonna be uh, this, close to the same team as they had last year. Uh, possibly, yeah. I mean, it, although it, it, it depends, really. I mean, it obviously, there's obviously two two out of five will be picks, but you know, with the other three three off the rankings, I mean, it's entirely down to whoever. You know, performs in the tournaments over the next sort of eight eight months. So it's uh, any, you know, it could be anyone basically. I mean, it's in the past that's happened. You know, you obviously got to give a window of opportunity to to young players to get in the event. Otherwise, it just becomes a private club. Um, and you know, in the past, you know, guys, I think obviously not Moscone Cup twenty, but the previous year, Nick Economopoulos from Greece. You know, right. when he's played through, he's a bit of an unknown, and he's you know he's, he's he played fantastically well in the event as a rookie. You know, really held his held his own, and um, you know, and he's kicked on as well. I mean, he's he's a really tough player now. Probably, you know, may even develop into you know, one of the better players in the world. So, right, you have to give people that opportunity, young players. Otherwise, you know, what's the point of them playing? Well, it looks like uh, well, I, you know, there's so many rumours and talk um, that Mark Wilson's looking for some fresh blood and some young guns to come out. This time and not be the same kind of the same lineup as uh, as being there, um, you know, with Rodney and Johnny. Um, obviously, Shane's probably uh, Johnny was on here not too long ago uh, last week and said, you know, Shane's probably a lot. But the others, I mean, you're looking at you're looking at uh, 
Brandon Schuff and Landon Schuffit and Mike DeShane. You know, uh, there's a lot of talk that's going to end up being the, being the case. A bunch of young guns that are not usually there. And, you know, you can't help but wonder is the experience, you know, because things are so different when you get to the Moscone Cup, especially in the U.K. I mean, those fans are crazy, you know, but they get, you know, they sing songs a lot in uh, Europe. Um, I wonder if that, there's a mix. They're going to have fire in their eyes and want to do a good job because they're young and ambitious. But then it's also going to be an experience thing that they're just not going to be prepared for what happens at the Moscone Cup when they get down the break on the first rack. No, I mean, that's obviously that's a really good point there, Mark, because obviously you need, you need whatever, however it is, you do need some experience in the team because I think in the past with a, with a, lot, with a lot of players, you know, whatever the guys who've been in it before, tell them about it and, and prepare them for it by speaking to them in advance of the event. When they get there and walk into the arena, all of a sudden it's a bit of a different proposition. Um, and obviously this year, if we got if you have a thousand people in there, it's going to be you know the sort of atmosphere that would test anybody really. Um, but you know, in the past, rookies have always been in the in the event. Um, you know, sometimes it's always been harder for them. But you know, we noticed with Johan with Tony Drago and then Cole Boys and then and Nick Nick Economopoulos, You know, three rookies that, that he he brought brought through who played you know at the absolute very best in their debut. So. That's not to say it's not, you know, it's not possible to play an event for the first time and not perform to your best. But obviously that was, it, it, it is tough. But you know, it, it's that's down to Mark. You know, he's got to, he's got to find the right blend of uh, a sort of youth and experience for, for what he thinks he wants to do. Right. I uh, this Blackpool Tower, the, the the way it's set up with the. Uh, it's more like a, a you know a circle going around a circus ring. Um, how did you guys come up with with this venue? I mean, I know you're doing it. You did it for the snooker. Did you, was that the starting point? Did you make just some kind of an agreement with Blackpool Tower that will all this many events? No. I mean, you, what happened was we um, we we out we've outgrown we'd outgrown the York Hall. I mean, as great as that venue was, it was just you know it it. Charlie Caroli. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's a clown, isn't it? I think they all have yeah. 
I remember him, though, yeah, he was a, he was a bit of a legend, wasn't he, of the clown world. Hopefully there won't be any clowns on show at uh, next December. Oh, oh, boy, I tell you, it'd be real easy to make a comment to that one. But, yeah. um, well, you know, that, that's about it. Uh, I appreciate everything you've told us. Is there anything else you think we should know about this upcoming Moscone Cup, or is a lot of things just kind of way to play themselves out? Yeah, I mean it's it's, it's going to be a you know an ongoing uh, ongoing situation now with this with the uh, well, with both teams really. I mean with the European team there'll be uh, um, you know events taking place which will have ranking points. So there'll be a, you know, a list a list uh, a ranking list increasing and changing as as each month passes. And with the Americans, it's a different thing completely. Where you'd be looking at you know a squad of eight players, and I think Mark's going to be try and be as public as he wants to be in, in what's going on and uh, you know yeah and then we'll be looking at them and seeing what they're doing and, and uh, hopefully the fans will get behind them and hopefully we might be as we spoke uh, some time ago about taking out on the road uh, in, in the sort of latter part of the year and, and doing a bit of a road show with the team in, in some venues in the States um, obviously that requires an awful lot of planning but it's something that we would like to do right and it's uh, I think it's a good idea I think it's great for PR and uh, it's good for the for the team to you know come together as well. It's a good bonding experience. You know, I've done a a number of tours, and when you find yourself in a minivan with uh, somebody for three four hours at a time and eating with them and uh, having dinner and then working together, you know, it's uh, they it definitely can uh, build a, a bond. You get to know a lot about each other. That's for sure. Um, yeah. It sounds like the, you, you know you get to get those uh, most only cup tickets still, and it's, it's surprising to me. And I've said this before. I mean, we're only what a little over a month ago was the last one, and we're already people are already talking and amped up about this one. I mean, if you generate, I mean, I, I, obviously I, I do look at the, um, the, the the forum on AZ Billiards. Um, and it, the Moscone Cup just generated... It was only until really Derby City came along last week that it kind of kicked it off the front page, really, because it was just going on and on and on, people talking various threads about various aspects of the event, and, you know, that was nearly sort of six weeks after it finished. Um, and I think that's uh, just... You know, it is the biggest event in pool, and there's no getting away from that. Yeah, and it's Blackpool is... I, I, I had a... You know, I did a little travel segment because I have a lot of experience with Blackpool and what people some people don't know and I've tried to explain to people who are p- planning on going to the Moscone Cup right there, right behind, I mean walking distance behind the Blackpool Tower I mean there's rows and streets and streets of bed and breakfast where they'll give you a good English breakfast, sausage, bacon eggs and then they'll give you a nice dinner in the evening and you're all within walking distance, and I think it's cheap, isn't it? The, the, the bed and breakfast is probably going to be about thirty dollars, or say, pound a night, something like that. Uh, yeah, Blackpool is is a it's a very um, I say it's a very good value place for accommodation. I mean, there are literally hundreds and hundreds of of hotels, guest houses, and all along the front, and all within walking distance of the venue. You know, there's loads of restaurants there. It's, it's probably they used to call it the black. They used to call it the Las Vegas of the North. But if you've been to both places, you you would never know why. But um, you know, it's it's. It, I think it's going to be great for this event, though. And it, you know, I think there'll be a bit, a bit of a party atmosphere in town as well because there's plenty of clubs and bars and stuff around the place. So yeah, it, 
Exactly, and it's a lot. It's a lot less expensive than Vegas. Uh, so, <laughs> whatever you were gonna pay to go to Las Vegas, I'm, I don't know. I might be exaggerating a little bit here, but if you plan on going to Vegas and you live in New York, by the time you get done with how cheaper the beer and food and uh, accommodation is, it probably turns out to be about the same. To go to Europe. I suspect you're probably right there, Mark, and it might be worth a bit of research, but if it, I can't imagine there's a whole lot in it, to be honest with you. Yeah. And it's, uh, and, yeah, uh, and I think it's they're going to need support. They're going to need a lot of support, the uh, the American boys, but it'd be great if some people do come a lot of across to uh, to get behind them. So those tickets go on sale at noon tomorrow, UK time, so depending where you are, if you're on the East Coast, that's five hours ahead. And on the yeah. West Coast, it's three, right? About seven in the morning on the, uh, on the East Coast. I mean, we have got a lot of tickets for sale. We've got the balconies upstairs, which hold about 500, and we've not put any of them on sale yet, so those will be available. So, yeah, I'm sure and if you set your alarm, you'll be in there. Yep. All right. Well, Luke, I really appreciate it. Uh, it's been great having you, and uh, hopefully we can, as we get closer to the uh, Moscone Cup, I'm on news breaks. Maybe we can have you back on again. Yeah, it'll be my pleasure, Mark. It's been great being on your show, and uh, yeah, we'll see you next time, yeah. Thank you very much, sir. We'll speak to you soon. And that's it for the Legends and Champions Report on American Billiard Radio. We will see you next week.